Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Years ago, uh, when I was like 20-something, um, this young lady who went to YWAM DTS program. YWAM is, they pioneer what we know as the Youth with the Mission or Discipleship Training School short-term mission movement. So they have like some 250,000 missionaries around the world right now. A lot of them, what they're known for is equipping young people, you know, train them, and then send them on mission, let them experience God before the world, the secular work, gets a hold of, you know, the busy life, right? And this young lady that I knew who was in our young adults ministry and she came back after this program, and she just shared testimony. And I remember watching her and listening. And I, it was just, I was taken back. It was amazing. And I remember being in want, wanting what she experienced, wanting what she had, wanting the relationship to be able to hear God's voice and to experience the missions that she was talking about. And I kid you not, I, I blinked really hard because as I was watching her, I saw illumination. I, I literally kept rubbing my eyes thinking, because I saw light emitting from her. There was this holy presence over her where there's transformation of God, God empowering her, God over her. And as she told that testimony, I remember I want that because I recognized there was a lot more to this Christian walk than merely coming to church on Sunday. I recognize that Christian life was not about one hour on Sunday. There was a daily walk. God still speaks. God still walks. He still works miracles. And I was like, I want that. It was all because her testimony had power. And I, I share... I share all that because I want you to know that there is power in testimonies. It's not just about Pam or that young lady. But I want to tell you that you have the power to share your testimony. This morning, we're going to talk about the power of testimonies. Talk about our call to share our testimonies and why we should testify our testimonies. So we look at the power, look at the call, and why, okay? And I'm going to start with the power. Jesus Christ, our Lord, after he died and resurrected, he appeared and he walked with his disciples for 40 days, right? You got to read your Bible. It wasn't just about short blip. He was seen by 500. He spent time with his people, but the, just before he ascended back to heaven, he gave these final words. And one, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But then he said this in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Two things. One, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and two, you will be my witnesses. Power and witnesses. They go hand in hand. I want you to know that 
he was telling the disciples, you will receive power, and then you will be my witnesses. It's sort of the uh, Uncle Ben speaking to Peter Parker. With great power comes great responsibility. You guys with me? All right. He empowers his people to be his witnesses. Well, what does that mean? Being witnesses is sort of like you're in the witness stand in the court of law. And what do you do? You raise your right hand and say, I swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, but help me God, right? And you say what you have seen or heard. That's the testimony. That's being bearing witness. Why? Because not everybody was there to see what had happened. And you, as a witness, tell the truth of what you have seen, hear, facts, so that those who were not there could know what happened. That's what testimonies, what bearing witness does. And Jesus was calling upon his disciples, his followers, his people, you will bear witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I, I, I want to translate that to our modern-day language. Jerusalem was a city that they were located. That's was their chapel. That's you. And then he said, Judea, which is the state, Florida. And then he said, to Samaria. Well, that's the other side of the tracks. That's the people group that you don't usually associate with, talk with, because they're so different than you. It's interesting that um, I think because of the, the story of the Good Samaritan, we think Samaritans are good. That's like the epitome because we see ministries all over, the Good Samaritan ministry of, you know, all kinds. And I want you to know that the Jewish, if you talk to Jewish people, they didn't think Samaritans were good. There is no such thing as Good Samaritan. Because Samaritans, they saw, was the people on the other side of the track. People you don't talk with. People who are considered dirty, detestable, different race, breed. You don't associate with Samaritans. This was why the, the lady at the well was surprised. Not because she was, you know, social construct, but because he was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew, and she was a Samaritan. You're talking to me? That was a surprise. And even the disciples were surprised that Jesus was talking with a Samaritan. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he enables you to go beyond your comfort zone, beyond what you're used to, beyond the culture that you were trained up in. And I want you to know that what the enemy has tried to divide with color, race, culture, and all of those things, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, brings all together. And I love, I love the fact that the ministries of the Resting Place Church is not all Asian. <laughs> not that Asian is bad. I'm saying there is beauty in the diversity. Because don't get me wrong, Asians are beautiful. I mean, look, right? But there is beauty in diversity when I see is look at this room. Look at this room. I love this room. I love this church. Of oh, the diversity of the cultures and the colors and, and our background, and yet we get to worship God together as one family. And that's the beauty. Because what the enemy tries to divide, the Spirit 
brings together. You know, we recognize that the, uh, the church used this text often to teach about missions. But I want to remind you that Jesus started with Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. That's the first world, second world, third world. And I think the church emphasizes that mission of the third world so much. And not, we need that. But I want you to know that you are called to be a missional in Jerusalem. That's Tampa Bay. Judea, your whole state, and to the other side of the tracks. You are called to all these places as you go. This is the as you go and make disciples. It's interesting that, you know, back in the 60s, both Dr. Martin Luther King and Billy Graham said that 10 o'clock Sunday mornings are the most segregated hour. And it may still be. But I'm telling you, that's not who we are. Because the kingdom of God is diverse. Heaven is going to be colorful. It's going to be more colorful than Pam's hair. <laughs> and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. I'm saying it's just beautiful. But it's going to be beautiful. I love color too. That's what I'm saying. Your testimony inspired me. Come on. Let me work with it. <laughs> When we look at the divisions of the culture, look what the devil does. The devil tries to separate body. And we hear testimonies of brokenness. But what does God do? He brings restoration, reconciliations, and forgiveness. And he uses something like divisive cultures and colors. Still happening. I think more so now than back in the 80s. Anyways, I want to tell you stories because when I first immigrated to the United States in 79, all 80s, racism was blatant. It was wide open. But we weren't oppressed by it. We just like, you know, you call each other names and make fun of it. Now it's like accusations that you're racist. I'm going. I'll digress. <laughs> all right. But here's how you, how you defeat that. Revelations 12, 11 says, And they conquered him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. The background of that was at the end time, when the devil is defeated, the church defeats the devil. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. I'm bringing all of that to say, the church, you are empowered and you are to bear witness because there is power in your testimony. Bring unity, to bring healing, to bring restoration because of your testimony. Amen? Amen. Testimonies have power. The world knows this. The question is, do you? Google knows this. Amazon knows this. You go on Amazon, you look at those reviews before you buy. And what are those reviews? They're testimonies of your personal experience, of your products, what you like, what you don't like. And those star reviews, Amazon knows what, it, what it's doing because it influenced the readers whether they buy or not. Google, same thing, and I bought into it. Not only of the idea, but they give me credits. Every time I Google review something, they give me a star. I'm like, oh, I feel better. And, and I keep <laughs> reviewing. Give me points, recognition, 
And I'm doing more, giving testimonies of my experiences. And I tell you, I took a picture of one experience over 200,000 times it's been seen. One picture. And people are like, helpful, helpful, helpful. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's a testimony. All right. Reviews have power. The secular world knows the power of your testimony. The question is, do you? When we give our testimony, it's not just us. It's the Holy Spirit in you. And when you speak through the Holy Spirit, don't be surprised if you start speaking things that you didn't prepare for or even think or even knew. You go listen to Pastor Abraham's sermon sometime. He loves to testify what God is doing all the time. He goes to the streets, meets some random strangers, and they're like, how did you know? Because God, he starts prophesying, because God is on you. Da, da, da. It's great. You got to listen to Pastor Abraham. That's how he preaches. He testifies of what he sees in God. He speaks to people, speak through them, and they're like, how did you know? Because God empowers his people. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You go somewhere and, and you talk to somebody, and all of a sudden you're like, you see. You see their struggles. You see their pains. You see, I don't know. Maybe the situation. But sometimes we have the spiritual eyes to just know with the source of the pain. And you're like, and you know what to say because you've gone through it. You've gone through the pain. You know if they had Jesus, they would have hope. If they have Jesus, they would be empowered. They would be able to overcome. If they had Jesus, you know the answer. It's the Sunday school answer, right? Jesus, and, but you tell the story of how God has taken you in that dark place and lifted you up, and now you are forever changed. Not that you have everything perfect, but he has taken you from that lowly place and out. He has blessed you, and you want them blessed. That's the power of testimonies. It's not that you have to preach to know the Bible knowledge and all that stuff. No. You give your testimony of what you have seen and heard. You just tell them what God has done. I, I sometimes wonder, do we know the power of our testimony? The power of your testimony? Because I have gone on mission trip. I have trained up uh, teams and, like, how to tell a testimony, how to prepare it. There's a before Christ, transition, after Christ, right? And, and that may be your evangelical uh, testimony, but that works for all testimonies of there was a time you didn't do things without God, right? You, you did it on your own way, without God. And then you came to your senses. You have to come to your senses. Sooner hopefully, then later. But it's that lost son mentality. You hit your low. You hit that bottom. You hit your despair, and you ask yourself, why am I living like this? That's coming to your senses. Then you realize, in my father's house, even the servants eat better than this. And you go back. You go back to the father. And you talk about that, 
And when you encounter the Father, when you encounter God, he's there for you. He doesn't reject you. He embraces you. He runs to you. And you talk about that because you'll be forever changed. That's the power of testimonies. But I know that there are some of you who may think, oh, I have a boring testimony. Oh, there's nothing happened because we sometimes, you know, look at the testimonies of the bad boy or bad girl who lived wild and then transitioned, and it's like, oh, that seems more exciting. But I can tell you that I've been on mission trips, especially in the Philippines, where you grew up in the church of the religion all your life, and you encountered the deeper relationship with God. That was a more powerful testimonies in that culture. It depends on who you are talking with. But there was power. Like, I remember this young lady, she didn't want to give her testimony because she said, it's boring, there's nothing to tell. You know, the excuses you hear. I said, but there was power in her testimony. I want you to prepare it, have it ready, because when God calls you to share it, I want you to share it. We go to Philippines. And if you know Philippine culture, they all believe in Jesus but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They have the religion of their parents. Think that they're Christian, Catholics, all of that, mixed in with idolatry and everything else. But then when that young lady talked about her boring testimony that she said, you saw the faces drop, just like, you can have a deeper relationship? You can hear God? What? There was a, is there more to church than just, I saw lives transform and people committing to the Lord from boring testimonies. But there is no boring testimony. If God is at work and you testify, there is power because it is not you, it's the Holy Spirit in you. And it is the testimony. You bear witness of what God has done, not of what you think you are doing. All Testimonies have power because of the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you that there are ways to have more effective testimonies. And that is you prepare in advance. You prepare in advance. You got to do the homework. And I recognize there are some of you guys who, like Caleb, has super memory and don't need to prepare anything in advance. But if you're like me, who's forgetful, I can't even remember about the offering and, you know, things of that. I write everything down, and there's a reason why I do that. Because as I write things, I bring to recollection, knowing what I forget, and then I bring to order and to bring clarity. Because the testimonies is not about you, it's for them. And I want my communication to bless whoever listens to me. I want it to be clear, concise, and relevant. So I prepare in advance. Right? So there are steps. But I, I do want to bring, highlight a few things that can make your testimony more effective. One, be authentic. Be truthful. Don't try to be who you're not. I've seen people who prepare, over-prepare, like a good homework, like a good straight-A student, but then they didn't know how to t- tell it. They're having to read it. That's doing your homework but not being authentic. Being authentic is like, you tell your story and you're talking heart level. You can maybe even say your ums and ahs and 
maybe not be so eloquent, but that's okay because that's who you are. But when you're authentic, people can see that. And, and I tell you that I know that there are some churches that think, hey, if you're a Christian, you have to be perfect. If you're a pastor, you have to be perfect. I've come from places, and gosh, it's a trap. I've come from places where they expected the pastor to be perfect. But here's the problem. They all had different expectations of what that perfection looks like. So I failed every one of them. And I learned I can only please the audience of one, and that is God, to be truthful, to show all my inadequacy and brokenness and all of that, even as a pastor. And if, I, if a pastor can say, hey, I don't have it all together, and some of you guys have seen my you know, inadequacies. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you got to be authentic because people will see whether you are being real or not. Second is, be relevant. Be relevant. If you see the hurts, the pains of the individual, and they already have Jesus, you don't have to give them the salvation story. But you can tell your testimony of what may help them in that stage. Somehow I, I have seen where it's like, hey, prepare your testimony. Why don't you share your testimony? And automatically some people think that's just like their salvation story. But I'm saying there is many versions of your story that helps others. You have to be relevant. You have to speak into the life of what they're going through. And then when they're able to relate and see that you understand their pains because you've gone through it, there's credibility and bonding. Third, I want to say, know your why. Why you are sharing your testimony. This is a, the why is your heart level why you are doing it. But the why should be God's heart in you. The why is not just your heart, but God's heart in you, one and the same. And then when you share that why, it relates to their why, their heart level. You understand? The why is our heart motivation. And you've got to have the right motivation. You've got to be in the right place with God to share your testimony, not for your own glory, but for his and when you get that why right with Jesus, then everything else, they will see the heart-to-heart -heart connection. I am really abbreviating because I don't even know what time we have, but okay, I'm doing pretty good. All right. Um, I have like nine pages of sermon, which is like your 45-minute sermon, but I'm condensing it to about 25 minutes for you because I love you guys. All right. I want to say that we've talked the power. We've talked about maybe the why. But I want you to understand the urgency of why we are called to testify. Too many people that we encounter don't know that they are lost. 
They don't know that they need God. They don't know what they don't know. Right? Ignorance is bliss sometimes. But when we're talking about the eternity, when we're talking about the souls, when we, we try to fill our brokenness with what the world offers. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God, we look to the flesh of the solutions. And you have to bring the truth. And I remember watching some, it was like YouTube or some meme short reel. And this one unbeliever on the news cast like, okay, you believe what you believe, but don't preach it to me. Don't press down your faith on me. And this young lady just defended why. She's talking about why she shares her faith. And it's talking about if you saw us, and she talked about it, if you saw a snake outside, you come back in, and somebody is ready to go outside, and you don't tell them, and they go out and see the snake. Ah, there's a snake outside. It's like, yeah, I know. Well, why didn't you tell me? Because it's my belief. It's what I know. I didn't want to impose my belief on you. That, that would sound pretty silly, right? But there are people who are in danger of their souls, eternal souls, being damned to being going to hell, to being lost and broken forever and ever. And, and they think, why are you trying to impose your belief? No. John 3.16, if you read the context, is that the word is already condemned. They're already lost. They're already broken. And Jesus came to save them so that they would not perish forever. That's the gospel. I want you to know that, especially living in Florida, and you guys are very familiar with amusement parks. Yeah, we know something about having fun in crowded spaces, whether it's your Bush Garden person or, or Disney. You know. We go, like to have fun because of all these activities and things to do and things to see. You know what the world is like? It's like a child so excited going to an amusement park and so excited with all these things and having so much fun, fails to see when they're separated from their parents. The child will be like, ah, Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse, ah, bright lights, bright lights, and go to one toy to the next. Now, believe me, I've seen that with my own kids when we first uh, parade and you see the cartoon coming alive, walking down the street, and the kids are like, ah, yeah, right? And they just go to what they look good, that looks fun, that they're drawn to, not realizing the father and the mom was not around them. There are children in the amusement parks in Disney World who gets lost, but they don't know that they're lost because they're just going out and having fun. They go from ride to ride, place to place, toy to toy, not realizing that they're lost. But the good news, good news, is that and that's what the devil has done. He has given distractions of our own lives, distractions of our spiritual Disneyland. People are lost, and they don't even know because they're preoccupied with the bright lights, the toys, the clubs, the amusements, the jobs, the relationships, superficial parties after parties. They're having fun but they don't know that they're lost. But the father knows when the child's lost. 
The parents don't give up. What does the parents do? They go to the security guards and say, hey, my kid's lost. He looked like this. He is, we go find them. He has empowered the church, the security guards. He's empowered you to knowing the truth of who that child belongs to, and you go and search and let them know that the father is waiting. You bring them back. You restore the family relationship. The kid didn't know he was lost. But we are sent forth to testify of the father's love, to testify the home is waiting for them. Amen? That's the church. That's, what, that's who we are. And if you don't know that, I'm bringing back the basics of who we are. The word is lost. You were once lost, but somebody brought you back home. Somebody shared their testimony. Somebody shared the truth. And when you know the truth and the truth has set you free, it's not for you to hoard, but you to go and share it. It's like the green and the blue pill. Anyways, (laughs) green and red pill, sorry. Church, I, I want to remind you, you are empowered. If you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is upon you. There is power on you. Your story is God's story. Proclaim it. There is power in that. And you have been commissioned all over in the Great Commission to make disciples, to bring the truth. Where you are, to your neighbors, to the ends of the earth, you are called to wherever you go, as you go, share the gospel, to testify. Why? Because to those listeners that you speak with, their lives will change. They will have hope. You will bring faith to the faithless, hope to the hopeless. You will bring restoration to those who are broken. Just as we heard glimpses of the testimonies today, I hope you're inspired to share your story. Amen? All right. Let's rise up. I'm going to welcome the, uh, the prayer team to come up. And I want you to know that I know that some of you guys are experiencing some the pains, discomforts, spiritually, relationally, what have you. I want you to receive prayer. There was one time Kathy was going through, yeah, I don't mean to call it, but she was going through some tough moments. I'm like, did you get prayer? She goes, no. I said, well, then get over here. And I dragged her to get, covered her, and what happened afterwards? I I literally dragged her. I like, come on, we're going to pray. Get your prayer. We surrounded her, pray for her, presence of God. I was getting drunk just like, like praying with her. That's what we do. Church is not about you being alone. I need you guys to be restored, to feel, to receive all of God. And that's what the prayer team is here for. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, receive. There, there's just so much more to, to your life when you receive Jesus. Amen. All right. Yeah, please. Our senior leader, Caleb. <laughs> I'm interrupting. Um, yeah, just a second. We'll get this turned on here. I just felt like I had to say something. Um, I don't even necessarily need to. Check, check. Okay, it was my fault. All right. Um, just wasn't that so good? Yeah. Isn't that such? I love that. Yeah, come on. Clap your hands. So, I've never heard this security guard thing. 
Or I've been in church my whole life, man. I'm like, that's right. I'm the security guard. I took it from Tony Evans. I love it. <laughs> so good. I have a question for everybody here. Did, was today helpful for you? Do you feel enriched? Do you feel empowered? Have you encountered the Lord in a new way today in some kind of way? All right, look at every empty chair in the room. Who needs to be in that chair next week? Eric's going to preach like that if three people are here, okay? The worship team is going to worship the Lord if nobody shows up. But I need you to turn the corner today with this message on the heels of this. I'm just coming to say amen. I'm not helping Eric. I'm coming to say amen. My job is the mission of this church, okay? I'm the senior apostolic leader of this church. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, peace to reign in our city because Jesus is Lord of all. I don't know what you need to do before the Lord to step over the line, but invite someone to church and bring them with you, okay? This is not for you. Uh, we, we in the West have to fight this consumerism culture, okay? If you're like, I don't know how to tell my testimony. I don't know how to share some. I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus. Okay, fine. Do you know how to say, hey, what are you doing Sunday morning? <laughs> I have this great place. Are there people you know in your life that need to be here? Yes? Okay, ask them until they come. What are you afraid of? What are you risking? Your reputation? <laughs> Come on. They already think you're crazy, all right? They already think you're nuts. So get over it. I re I, I'm up here saying, like, whatever you got to get over, get over. There are so many. I'm not trying. I'm, I want to be careful. We talk about this offline all the time. I'm not trying to denigrate or point the finger at any other church, but this church is preaching the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. It's not happening everywhere. It's not. So I'm not saying take people from their churches. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't assume that the people around you know the Lord. And don't assume that they have any hope at all. <laughs> okay? They don't even know they're lost. You're the security guards. We're literally giving you a badge today. We're giving, we're saying authorization, authorized to go and to bring. This room should be filled every single week. We need to we need to force opening that room back there. We want to paint a picture of hundreds of people coming to know the Lord every week in Tampa Bay through the resting place. Okay? What he just said, if you don't know Jesus coming up here, that opportunity is real. It might not be the altar call, raise your hand, come up to the front, format you're used to. But this is a real opportunity. These people know Jesus. They're serving and they're ready to lead people to the Lord. Okay, this is a requirement of our gatherings, is that there is an element of what he just said. I require it of them. I do. And I'm requiring something of you. If this is your church, you exist for the lost to be found. You exist for the found to be free. You exist for peace to reign in our city because you believe Jesus is Lord of all. That's what it means to be the resting place. It doesn't mean you come here. It doesn't mean you give money here. You should come. You should give. You should partner. But it means you have adopted a mission. So I'm, I am authorizing you. I'm releasing. I'm putting a badge on your chest this morning and saying, next week, bring somebody. And no condemnation if you don't. But the week after, bring somebody. Bring somebody. Bring somebody. It's not about numbers. Can you tell 
like, I think we have authority to say this. We're not about numbers. We're about the kingdom advancing. We're about the lost being found. So in one way, I am about the number of people who are not going to hell because of my life. I am. I am about the numbers. Oh, you're all about the numbers. Yeah, I'm about the numbers of people not spending an eternal life of damnation. I am about that number. I'm about the number of marriages restored. I'm about the number of suicides prevented. I'm about the number of hopeless people getting hope. I'm about the numbers. Amen? It's not self-serving. It's serving the Lord. So at the very least, take this message that you just heard and say, I'm going to give the testimony of I have a great church for you to come to. You can say, last week at church, I had this amazing experience with God. Or at some point in the resting place, I've experienced just so much hope in life. I'd love for you to experience hope in life. Come with me. That could be you sharing your testimony. Like he said, it's not always the salvation message. It's, I have a great thing that I do every Sunday. You should do it with me. Amen? And let us deal with the logistics, okay? Let us deal with the, the problems of expansion and things like that and multiple gatherings and things. Let us deal with that. You are authorized as a security guard to go out. Your father has come to you. That picture messes me up. Like if I was at Disney World, I lost my boy. If I lost my Judah, I would be screaming out for help. Find me. I need the security. And if the security went, mm, I'm on break. No, you're going to have to find him on your own. Dad, sorry. I got the badge. I got the job. But I'm not going to do my job today. You know the pain I would feel as a father? The anger? I feel that from the Lord today. My security guards are sitting there on the sidelines. <laughs> and he's crying out for his kids. Will somebody help me bring them back? I'm just asking the question, are you, are you authorized by heaven or not to bring the children of the Father to him? That's the only question. If the answer is yes, at the very least, bring them next week. It's easy. Amen? And if you're like, well, I don't want to bring them because that thing we do in church might freak them out, ask, talk to them about it. Like, if you're seriously like, I don't want to bring them because if I bring them and they see that, talk to Eric. Help. He will frame it for you. He'll help you help them. They'll pass you. You know, is this making sense? If there's some hindrance that this gathering provides, we want to know what it is. Because we will deal with it. We'll modulate. We will, whatever. Our mission is the point. It's not about an expression of church. It's about the mission. So, Father, I ask right now for your spirit to fall on our hearts. To compel us to go. Like Paul said, the love of Christ compels me. Lord, I pray for a holy compulsion in the heart of every person here. To go in Jesus' name. That the church on Sunday gathered would be the church on Monday scattered. That we would go as your security guards on your behalf. Look high and low for those who need hope. Look high and low for those who need just a place to be received by other people who will love them. Look high and low for those who are walking towards that snake. And say, no, no, stop. There's a way out. You can go this way instead of that way. Lord, compel us. Come on. Would you say, Lord, compel me? Lord, compel me. Come on. 
Lord, compel me from the inside out to find those who need to know about you, Lord Jesus. And help me, Lord. Give me boldness to go, to do at least to bring them to this amazing place with this amazing preaching, with this amazing people. Lord, thank you for the boldness. We break off all fear in Jesus' name. I curse fear off your life. I curse it. And I say, be bold in the name of the Lord. Be bold in the name of the Lord. I commission you now. I apostello you. I send you in Jesus' name to go and find those who need their father. Go and find those who need their father. And bring them to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.